Under Stage 2 of the High-Tech Act Electronic Health Record Incentive Program, which starts in 2014, healthcare providers must allow patients to access, download, and transmit their health information. One way to achieve this is through a patient portal. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today I'm speaking with David Whitlinger, Executive Director at the New York eHealth Collaborative, or NICE for short, which is overseeing the development of New York's statewide health information exchange. David will explain how NICE plans to provide patients with secure access to their health records through a new patient portal. Hi, David. Hi, good afternoon. Please tell us briefly about NICE's plans for a patient portal. For instance, when will it become available to patients? How will it connect to New York's statewide health information exchange? And how common is it for health information exchanges to provide patients with access to their records? Well, as you may know, we've been building the Statewide Health Information Network of New York, or SHINee, as we build up the acronym, uh, for a number of years now. And uh, this SHINee network, this platform that we've been building, really represents a, a large number of patient records as uh, it's aggregating these records from all of the different providers who are connected to the network. Eighty percent of the hospitals, uh, an increasingly number of primary and specialty care. So we're starting to get a, a very, very rich number of records uh, from across the community. The platform itself, in addition to having all of those clinical records, uh, the patient records themselves, has also uh, the policies of uh, access to records embodied in it. So this is uh, the patient's uh, right to control who has access to the records, and the patient then uh, can, uh, uses the platform to specify which providers uh, can use the records. Lastly, we, we have as a programmatic interface an ability to build applications, software applications against this platform. So with this patient portal, what we've started with is, is one company and uh, that uh, will be awarded here uh, shortly, and that company is building the first instance of a patient portal, the first ability for a patient to access all of that clinical information. So it's not a separate system. It is the, the shiny network itself, and it's giving patients access to their records just like all of the other clinicians have access to their records. How will the portal help healthcare providers meet patient engagement requirements of the High Tech Act Stage 2? That's a great question. So as, as you know, the uh, in meaningful use Stage 2, providers now need to give patients access to their records. And as many providers have determined, that may or may not be of high value if that portal is simply attached to their own single EHR because that's just a small slice of a patient's uh, full clinical records, if, particularly if the patient sees many providers, if they're one of the few people who is unfortunately uh, seeing a lot of providers simultaneously, each of those might have an, an individual patient portal, and that might create more complexity for the patient to understand their health records and their health conditions than, than creating an easier access. So what we've put together here is that if all of the records are available through the network and then there's one place for the patient to go through that portal, then uh, that's a better patient experience. It achieves what the ONC and uh, what CMS are trying to accomplish with regards to patient engagement and patient access. 
And so collectively, uh, what we've been able to uh, work out with the LNC is that anybody who's connected to the network and exposing records such that they're available through our patient portal will get credit for any of the patients that access uh, the portal. So in essence, the 5% mark of a number of patients or percentage of patients who uh, you must have uh, accessing records is easily achievable because we're using it as an aggregate. It's all of the patients that access any one record contribute to all providers 5%. So it's, it's, it's a win-win across the board. What kinds of data will patients be able to access through the portal? Well, it's all of the records that are available from the interfaces that have been connected to the EHRs. Now, and that's a mixed bag because in some cases we have more antiquated EHRs that uh, perhaps were connected to the network prior to meaningful use, and so the types and volume of data that they're contributing are a little bit less than a more robust product that is fully up to meaningful use stage two criteria and certification. Um, but it is things like labs and medication lists and uh, records from individual providers, uh, including notes. It it's, can be a very robust um, set of data. And increasingly, as the healthcare community upgrades their products over time, that richness of data will increase as well. How will patients be credentialed and authenticated to use the portal? And will patients be able to give consent for proxies to access their records? And if so, how will consent, credentialing, and authentication be handled for that? Sure. Well, you can look at this in the same way, uh, much the same way as the banking community has created online credentialing for that very sensitive information. So on the outset, a patient will be required to go through an authentication process, an initial setup process that uses a very much a similar mechanism by is used by the credit bureaus in order to determine you are who you say you are. So there is enough historical information and questions that you have to answer that only you would know the answer to in order to set up an account online. And if for some reason it can't be determined because there is in, insufficient information, then it might have to be done in person. Then um, from there, you have an account set up, and it has a very strong password. And if you would like, if you believe that your health information is sensitive enough that you would like, it can also have two forms of authentication or what's known as a second factor. And that might uh, be in the form of a PIN number uh, that is only produced uh, through a cell phone or similar mechanism uh, when you uh, actually log in. So the authentication after you've proven who you are and set up your account um, can either uh, be strong or extremely strong uh, if you believe that you, you want that to be on top of uh, your login. Can patients designate others to access their records on their behalf? Initially, no. Uh, we're only giving patients access to their own records, but that is very much where we'd like to get to in next year is to start to do that proxy, and that might be for parents to have proxy to their children's records or for uh, adults to have uh, proxy to their uh, parents' records in order to uh, provide uh, the best possible opportunity for care management. How will patient data be secured as it's viewed, downloaded, and transmitted? 
Well, as it's, it's um, viewed through a clinical viewer or the portal itself, and that per- has all of the same mechanisms that you can imagine with online banking as well, so that it clears all of the caches and all of those things such that there's no memory of that information in the system that's accessing it. It's, it's simply looking into the network, viewing the information, and then destroying that view of the information after the uh, individual logs out. Will patients be able to download and transmit that data? And if so, how will that be secured? Yeah, so there will be uh, the opportunity to download the information, uh, so to speak, in the same way that the federal government is promoting the blue button technology. So this is an ability for clicking on a button on the portal, and then it gives you the opportunity to download your record either as a PDF, in a standard PDF uh, format, or in what's known as a machine-readable continuity care document format, and that's the standard that's used in healthcare IT these days for moving records around. Either one of those uh, will be uh, possible for download, um, a possible file format. And then the, the patient then is taking on the responsibility for managing that record themselves. They now have their own copy. If they are unfortunately careless with it, uh, that, that could lead to trouble. Uh, but uh, they've downloaded that version of it or a copy of it, and so they're taking the owner's uh, responsibility for managing it. Will patients be able to request changes or amendments to their health information through the portal? And if so, how will that be handled? It's a very interesting question. We're we're not looking to um, allow for a two-way communication uh, to be between the provider and the patient through this portal Uh, immediately, although that um, will be something that transpires over time. Uh, We are hearing more and more about how providers are interested uh, to see what patients do with this information and how it affects their their care. Times we do expect the patients will be going back directly to providers and commenting on inaccuracies of the record or perhaps clarifications if for some reason the patient uh, doesn't think that these records uh, represent their health care. What are the biggest privacy and security challenges involved with the patient portal so far, and how are you addressing those challenges? You know, it's it's very interesting because what we hear repeatedly in all of our conversations around privacy and security is less about what are you doing to protect me, but more about what are you doing to give me access and give me transparency to the system. If you think about it, to a large degree, the patient hasn't had access to their records, and they don't have access to the same level of information and the same level of auditing that the provider community does today. So it's a very significant step forward in that this portal, one, gives patient access to their records the same way that any clinician in in the community has access, also gives access to the patient so they can see the audit logs to know who's accessed their records, who has from the clinical community seen their records, and they can actually contemplate whether or not those clinicians appropriately accessed or did not appropriately access their records. So those are the first two key characteristics that patients are really excited about having this level of transparency and access. 
beyond that, the privacy and security, it seems to be very basic expectations that are already been uh, the path paved by the banking community. They do expect you to have the security and technical uh, mechanisms in place to protect the information and encrypt the information, as any robust healthcare IT environment should today. When do you expect the portal to go live? We'll start doing uh, pilots November, and we'll be getting it certified such that it can be uh, used for meaningful use stage two by our provider community. There will be hundreds of patients uh, by the end of the year, and then in Q1 of next year, we'll start a much more significant rollout across the state. Thanks, David. I've been speaking to David Whitlinger of the New York eHealth Collaborative. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.